Rush and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I am your host, Tommy Fresh. You guys are all my buds. Uh, I hope you guys are all doing pretty well. I'm joined by a great bud of mine today, uh, the Red Zone Rogue himself. Kellen, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? I am doing pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing today, my man? I'm hanging in. You know, it's it's a, it's a cold one today in New Jersey. How, uh, you're, you're over on the West Coast, am I correct? You're over in Oregon? Oregon? Yep, Por- <laughs> Portland, Oregon. It is cold and rainy. <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. Yep. <laughs> I guess that's probably the par for the course over there, right? Yeah. Um, it do- doesn't rain as much as it used to, but uh, recently it has been, which has been pretty nice. Um, the last couple of years, the winters have been, like, pretty rough. Like, instead of the rain, it's just tons and tons of snow. Um so got my fingers crossed that it's not going to be, be that this year because Oregon does not know how to handle snow. So, oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we know a little bit about snow up here, but still, I mean, it, it's been weird every every year. It seems different. Like sometimes it's no snow at all and then it's just snow every week. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's the way the world goes these days. But uh, regardless of weather, we have great flesh and blood content for you guys today. Uh, we're going to go over some stuff in terms of you know, some heroic choices you can make, you know, when choosing your hero in your class, when you, when you start playing flesh and blood, or if you're, uh, you've been playing a, a class for a while and you want to switch things up. But before that, talk to you a little bit about, uh, Mr. Red Zone Rogue. Uh, first of all, tell us where your flesh and blood journey began. I will try to keep this a little short because <laughs> I've I'm I'm known for talking for a long time. I've set a dangerous precedent on my own channel where I have interviews on and we end up talking for like three hours. So I will try to keep I will try to keep this short. Listen, um, you do what you gotta do. I watched your James White interview. <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. I you I could have listened to you guys talk for like hours. So you know, you go, you do your thing. I was like really like I'm like I gotta respect his time. I know he's really busy. I gotta I gotta make it short shortish. It was still like an hour long, but I'm like I gotta make it shortish. <laughs> um, so I I started in flesh with flesh and blood. Um, basically late 2019, very very close to when the game first launched. Right right after Welcome to Wraith. Uh, some content creator friends of mine who don't uh, really do anything anymore, but they were called uh, the TCG Scrubs. They got a package from Legend Story Studios about this game called flesh and blood and i watched it and i was like yo that looks awesome um and i was like hey guys um tell me more about this game i, I really want to get into it and they're like yeah it looks like it's up your alley um, and then they gave me the contact information for legend story studios at the time and so i reached out to lss and and uh they were like hey yeah we'll we'll, we'll send you a package um like a little you know starter kit to get you started and it took a little while because it was from new zealand and all this kind of stuff. So I didn't actually get my first flesh and blood stuff until let me think January, February, March. I think it was like late February, early March of 2020. Um, they sent me an alpha booster box for of the uh, welcome de- or the uh, hero decks, um, two play mats. And I, I think that was it, but it, it was enough. And uh, that's pretty generous. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I was actually 
I was actually really blown away. This is one of the things that really got me hooked onto Flesh and Blood to start with. Uh, at the time, I was a smaller channel. I think I only had maybe a couple thousand subs, maybe like uh, two or three. I don't remember exactly how much I had at the time. But the fact that they, I don't want to say believed in me enough, but the fact that they thought it was worth it to send me all this stuff um, and that, you know, they, they valued my input that much uh, really said a lot about the company. And uh, yeah, I, I was honestly blown away. They were super, super cool to me, super nice to me in a way that no other company had ever been. And so I checked out the game. I played it with my partner, Robin. Um, she beat me in our first game. I played uh, Katsu. I played the Katsu uh, hero deck. She played the Dorinthia hero deck, and she beat me in our first game. Um, nice. uh, the fact that uh, she really liked the game uh, was a huge selling point for me as well, because uh, Robin is not a competitive card gamer. Uh, she likes board games and tabletop games and uh, like some video games and stuff, but she's not really into like, you know, wasn't into magic or anything like that. Um, and then that plus the uh, the lore and the art really, really sold me. And then the fact that the company was so cool. Um, and so I reached out to, to them again and I'm like, the game is awesome. I really like it. Um, I would love to do more stuff with you. If you're going to do spoilers or whatever, I would be uh, super cool. I mean, I, I would be very keen on doing that. And so they sent me a spoiler card for Arcane Rising. Um, and that, that the rest is kind of history, you know? Wait, now After that, I, I got into Arcane, Arcane Rising in a big way. I bought like, this is the most of any card game I've ever bought. In. I bought like multiple cases of Arcane First Edition, like, which is something I've never done before. Because <laughs> like for Magic or whatever, even when I played like competitively, I'd only buy like maybe a box, two box, and then just buy singles. But for Flesh and Blood, I was like, okay, I love this game, even though that no one really knows about it. But I want I want to get all the cards and I want to do decks like deck techs on everything. So I just bought tons of cases about like, well, ton tons of the time for me. It was like three yeah. or four cases. That's cool. uh, first hey, That's yeah. quite a bit. Uh, well, first of all, I want to I want to harp on the point that it is interesting. Um, first of all, the amount of I guess uh, importance that LSS place in you as a content creator which is amazing yeah. and, and it is awesome you were you, you mentioned that you're a, a small channel at the time and you know i mean you know maybe in the grand scheme of things you're still a small channel you've grown exponentially congrats on 10k by the way thank, thank you it's it's a it's a weird thing i'll just touch at the time <laughs> i was the second largest force of will channel because i was covering primarily force of will i've always covered a lot of different games because i just like card games um, but I was the second largest force of will channel, um, which wasn't saying a lot because it wasn't popular then and it's not uh, exactly popular now. Um, but yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate it. I, yeah, I'm no. honored. I think I'm technically the, the largest flesh and blood channel right now, unless you count someone like uh, the professor or Rudy, which I don't really count them as like flesh and blood channels. They really talk about magic or whatever. It's a variety um, for them, for sure. I, I would, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, if my opinion's worth anything, I would say you're the largest. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. And, and I think something that a lot of people um, might, might just kind of forget is the LSS is still a really small company and they're, oh, they're yeah. producing this, you know, immensely popular game that i think the the scope of the popularity i think people tend to um overlook but um uh it, it's been great now what was the arcane rising preview that which is awesome it it, it it sent it, it set the stage for a lot of future stuff they sent me an azalea specialization they sent me knock the death whistle um 
And so they also sent me a picture of Azalea. They sent me uh, her card and what Death Dealer did. So I understood what the card actually did, because if you don't have Azalea or knock or, or the uh, Death Dealer and you only see knock the death whistle with no other context it's very confusing because you're like what the what the hell does reload mean and like but yeah this this kind of stuff so um yeah it was really cool and it it did set the stage a lot for uh um my future flesh and blood endeavors it's really funny since then i've gotten a preview card for every set and an aria i got two preview cards um all of them have been ranger if ranger is available in that set so every single <laughs> one of my preview cards is ranger except for the monarch preview card and there's no ranger in, in monarch they gave me um a mutated mass for monarch which is funny so I'm, I'm very curious to see i have no insider information on this but i i'm very curious to see if they give me another ranger card for um uh for everfest i mean yeah. it, it would be uh it would it would the motif for sure uh now it, yeah. i guess it's safe to say that ranger is your favorite class and maybe azalea yeah. is just your favorite hero i it's it's close the hero thing is close i think uh azalea is my f- it's close ranger is my favorite class for sure mm-hmm. um for heroes i really like lexi i really like azalea i like viscerai actually as well viscerai was one of my early favorites uh, and dorinthia was also an- another early favorite of mine uh th- those i would say are my my favorite heroes just kind of in a, in a vacuum um i obviously have a lot of personal ties to just ranger in general but yeah i, I really i do love it um well, that's so yeah I, I would i would say that yeah that's great and now take me through you know how you did you know that the the that first uh preview card was coming towards you or to you like in the mail did you know that was coming so the first one um they didn't actually mail mail them out um but Basically, I reached out to the uh, his name is Ian Kenderdine. He's he's been a recurring guest on my channel. We play, play games and stuff. Uh, he was the community manager for Flesh and Blood at the time. And I reached out to him and I was like, hey, if you're going to do uh, spoilers, I would love to be involved. And he was actually like, hey, we don't have any right now, but I'll let you know if um, someone backs out or, or, you know, something comes up. And apparently someone backed out. And so they're like, here you go. And it was a sweet card, too. It was a you know super rare. It's a specialization um and i was I was very thankful for that um yeah That's... i haven't had i have not had any say in what card they give me except for aria um and aria uh literally james white was like what's your favorite class like he literally asked me what my favorite class was and i was ranger, like right? oh, ranger <laughs> and he's like okay and then he gave me he gave me seek and destroy which i think is which is awesome in multiple levels. I, I really love that they gave me that card because it's a ranger card. It's a ranger card that features Azalea and it's a reference to a metal song, Metallica song, Seek and Destroy. Yep. 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 <laughs> and I'm, I'm a pretty big metal head. Uh, James knows that I like metal. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I thought that was actually really perfect. That That's pretty awesome. Now, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, talking about these previews and stuff like that. And hopefully I get one one day, maybe a hey, LSS, if you're listening, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it is, it is interesting. And, and I think LSS really has, um, placed an importance on, on content creating and building a community. And I, I just wanted you to speak a little bit on that uh, in terms of, how you feel, I mean, do you feel like the LSS do, is doing this right? You know, like, why is this setting them apart if it is? And, and uh, you know, stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean, like, the whole community aspect was very, very apparent from when I first started playing Flesh and Blood, when I first even learned about it from uh, the TCG Scrubs, like I said. Because one of the things they told me where they're like, hey, they're really cool to content creators. They're really, um, basically, yeah, they're just really cool to content creators. And that has been something that's just been part of Legend Story Studios and Flesh and Blood ever since I got into it, which is right at the start, basically, like right after Welcome to Wraith came out. So it's just one of their core philosophies is to just have this um, this sense of community, right? Because, you know, the whole thing is like... Uh, coming together in the flesh and blood under the common language of great games. And, but it, it shows through more than just the gameplay side of things. It shows through like the larger community side of things too. Like everything from like, you know, content creators or um, even more recently, like uh, cosplayers and, and, all, and all that kind of stuff. And their willingness to go above and beyond. And they do, they really do go above and beyond is, um, one of my favorite things about the company and now here's here's another little uh, another little aside so uh i've come to know some of the um uh the cosplayers who are in uh, who who uh, were at the uh, vegas event um so like uh tappy toe claws uh olivia and um christine they Which did the, all the, did a great job by the way amazing a really amazing job and i've heard from them that lss has treated them in a way that no other company has ever treated them. Like they treated them so well. They were like, um, they're like, okay, we're going to do this cosplay. And then immediately James White, like messaged them privately and was like, what do you need? Like what design documents wow. do you need? I'll give you e everything you need. And so he sent them like lore books and like, you know, character design schematics just so they can make it. And they're like magic and wizards of the wizards of the coast has never given us anything like, anything at all oh, they just you know go for it or whatever and so I, I think it's stuff like that that really speaks to not not just like the you know community aspect but but also like the the, the real passion behind the game from the people who make it so absolutely yeah. and and it does it does set them apart and 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 i think that's really important i think it does show um some strength and promise in the future of the game now uh, you've also, uh, aside from being a content creator, have had experiences as both a caster and and a player. But uh, now yeah. you you were able to cast was it Vegas, um, Dallas Fort? You were at Dallas Fort Worth. Yep, and... I did all of them except for Cincinnati. Basically, okay. <laughs> yeah. well, who wants to yep. go to Ohio? No, I'm kidding. To all the people in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so here here's the thing with that. Like, uh, I I was gonna go to all of them. They asked me to go to all of them. The only reason I didn't is because the the timing for the Cincinnati event it was really really close to Dallas. I only mm -hmm. had like a week in between, yeah. and uh, my birthday was on the same weekend as the the Cincinnati one. And so I was just like, nah, I'm just gonna spend it with my girlfriend and my family. Um. I, I need time to relax anyway. So I was just like, I'm not going to go to that one. And that's, that's something I, I told channel fireball uh, pretty well in advance. And so they were able to get, you know, replacements. Um, and then for Orlando was a funny one too, because I didn't plan on doing coverage in Orlando. I told them, I was like, Hey, I, I've done two events so far. I haven't been able to um, play in an event. I really want to play in an event and have that player perspective. So I used to be a like a magic uh, competitive player. I played a long time ago, uh, competitive magic, and so I was like, you know, I want to have that player, um, I want to have that player perspective. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. Um, and so I I went there as a player, 
and uh day one i i showed up and i went to say hi to everyone on the coverage team just because we've become friends and i was just like hey guys how's it going um is the setup good blah 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 just just chatting with them and they they pulled me aside and they were like hey don't take this the wrong way but <laughs> if you if you scrub out of the calling do you want to come do coverage and i was like yeah <laughs> yeah i will <laughs> um so I ended up I ended up scrubbing out. I did okay. Um, I went three, two, one, and then dropped. And uh, so I ended up doing coverage for um, finals, which was awesome, like the top eight. So Amazing. doing coverage, o- only coverage for the top eight was really really cool. They called that the. It's another little thing that they they told me. They called that the LSV privilege. And if you uh, don't know, yeah. LSV well, is a competitive Magic player who also does coverage. Um, the the LSV privilege is being able to play in the event, scrub out, and then still still being able to do oh, commentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I say it's, it's funny. I did call out LSV in the last episode because I was I was calling out his opinions on Turkey on Thanksgiving. But oh. you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know LSV personally, but uh, you know, I had to take some shots. But you know, hey, <laughs> hey, listen, you got the you got the LSV privilege. But that, that's awesome. We actually we we got to meet in person. On you know, I ran into you at, at Orlando, which was. Which is awesome, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, it, it was a great event, uh, honestly, and super stoked for for any kind of announcement they have any day now. LSS for some announcement I, on twenty twenty two. I'll tell you what, man. Like, I have my fingers crossed for that. As someone who does the coverage, I don't actually know. Like, I'm not just saying this because they told me and then told me not to say anything. I like, I literally don't know. No one in coverage, uh, and a lot of people in the events, and I would assume almost everyone on the event uh, side. We don't actually know. Um, we would guess. We were we were talking about this at one of the uh, the after party in Orlando mm-hmm. with all of the the Channel Fireball people. We would guess April, but we we have literally no idea. Um, oh, April only, for we, the the amount of uh, when the events start. Yeah, as the earliest. Yeah. April is the earliest, so the start of uh, quarter two, um, and it lines up. Um, we were guessing, like me and um, some of the other co- guys in coverage, like uh, DM Armada, we were guessing they might try to line it up with the the set. Like whatever comes after Everfest, mm-hmm. they might try to line it up and have a Vegas style thing where they have like a, you know, a, a set release, you know, world premiere event kind of thing, and then also like a calling or something like that. So that's our Absolutely. guess. We we actually don't know. Um, I think it would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, hey, who knows if they're going to maybe announce some stuff along with Everfest, but that's all speculation at this point. But yeah. uh, speaking of the future, which we kind of just touched on, what what are your thoughts on the the future of Flesh and Blood? Obviously, you know, when some people, some naysayers, out of print happened. Uh, the end of Flesh and Blood. But, you know, we, we both know that's not the not the case. But what's, what, what do you, how, where do you see Flesh and Blood in the next couple of years? I think flesh and blood, and you know, this is obviously bias on a, on a few <laughs> levels. Um, flesh and blood is literally my favorite game. I love card games. Talk about a lot of card games on my channel, just a lot of variety. But I love flesh and blood. Um, I think the future is very, very bright for flesh and blood, and I think it only has room to go up right now. I think more people are going to start playing it um, rather than like investing or collecting. I think we're going to have this shift, right? Because at one point there was like a huge boom in flesh and blood and a lot of like investors and collectors were getting into it and a lot of prices were skyrocketing. And I think that's going to kind of peter off as we get more players. And we're going to see this imbalance where there's going to be not necessarily fewer investors, but there's just going to be way more players. 
And I think that's just going to be the natural progression of things, especially as more competitive events happen. So next year we have the pro tour. We have hopefully, you know, world world permitting. We have the um, world championship. Um, we have a lot of like really big premier events next year. And I think that's only going to grow the game from the player perspective. Um, so I think that's what we have to look forward to. I, I think that Legendary Studios is going to try to continue to do. Um, James said they want to do three sets a year, and I, I think that's great. Three sets a year is fantastic, and mm-hmm. I, I hope they just able to do that and do it consistently. Um, so you know, a couple of years from now, we'll have you know three or we'll have what six, nine more sets, and uh, we'll probably not even visit all the regions of Wraith by then. We'll probably yeah. still have a couple that we haven't been to. There's probably going to still be talents that we haven't even seen. So even like three years from now, there's still going to be a lot of like exciting new stuff for the game, for, for fans of the game. And I think the competitive side is going to be um, even better. Cause I know that like on the coverage side of things, um, Vegas was, it wasn't rough, but like it, it was a little, it was a little rough. Like they yeah. didn't ship us, <laughs> they didn't ship us one of the containers for, for the, um, for the gear. Right. So they had to like, a lot of the tech guys had to improvise oh, and, boy. um, we, we we're trying to do and i say we not really me um i'm just like sitting there i'm like yeah that looks good or like trying to get it <laughs> you know um they're trying to make it so that we have card pop-ups while, while doing coverage but there's like been some technical things that make it so it's like either too slow or just doesn't work very well like that's just going to get better and um i think all of this stuff is just going to make it so flesh and blood it's just gonna gonna keep growing i, I think uh, I had a I had um Zach Bunn on on the channel. He's uh one of the guys from Team Covenant, and uh, we were we were chatting, and I threw out the idea of like uh I was like oh, I don't know if it's there yet, but I think Flesh and Blood could um squeeze squeeze on up into the big three and make it into a big four. And Zach was like, No, nah, it's it's big four right now, calling it. <laughs> so I mean, you know what? Honestly, speaking from personal experience, I I was a um I. Was and I, I would still say am a long time Magic the Gathering player. You know, I, I had no interest in anything, and I played one game of Flesh and Blood, and I, there there has been nothing that's really captured me like Flesh. And Blood. So, yeah. if if I if you know if if I'm to believe that I am like the the average player, I hope I am. I hope that you know it captures the hearts of a lot of uh, players out there. So, you know. It, it and and you know I want to make a point based on how, what you said about uh, a missing container for the coverage yeah. at uh, Vegas. As a viewer, I, I couldn't tell the difference. So that's, you know. that's good. That's good. <laughs> they they really had to improvise. So um, yeah, they did yeah, a great they do, job. They do a great job. Like I know, like a lot of the the faces of the coverage get more attention, like me or Tannen or mm-hmm. uh, Diem But the the guys in coverage do an amazing job, and it's the same guys every sing- single time, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know if they're listening or whatever, but I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jeff Jeff Foster and um, BJ, also known as the Biscuit Jesus. Um, <laughs> Those guys are the, are, the, are the guys who basically run the show, and they do a, they do a killer job. So. Love to hear it. Jeff and, and Foster and the Biscuit Jesus shouts to you. Yeah. And they, they both come from, I mean, obviously, they're, they're in Channel Fireball coverage, so they come from, you know, magic coverage and all that kind of stuff, but uh, they, do, they do an excellent job. And they're, they're great to work with, too. They're like, uh, they're like super, super cool dudes, so, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, I got some listener questions for you from my uh, yeah. the Discord, the buds, as we call them. Uh, the uh, the first one is uh, uh, Caleb. He's in the he's an active member in there. He asked, now that we are in blitz season, you know, for oh, yeah. skirmishes or, or for skirmishes and armories, uh, which hero do you think is going to be a hidden gem? Shake up the meta. Ooh, okay. There's there's two ways for me to think <laughs> think about this. One. I really like Shiana. I've been playing Shiana in Blitz, and I think she's way better than people give her credit for. She's not great. I'm going to put that out there. She's not great, but Mm -hmm. you can do some fun stuff with her that uh, you can't do with any other heroes. And it's like the only place you can really play her other than like Ultimate Pit Fight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think Skirmish Season and Blitz that's a really good time to experiment and have like just fun with these kind of like wacky off kilter decks because life totals are so much lower in blitz where you can you can squeak wins where you normally wouldn't be able to um in like class constructed so i really like i really like shiana and then um for i I don't know if this is popular consensus or not and uh this is maybe just because i'm a um azalea fan i i legitimately think azalea is very good in blitz yeah like she's very good because you can pump out tons of damage you don't need to block as much which is one of the ranger's biggest uh downsides and um she has these really powerful on hit effects so i think azalea is actually pretty good so you heard it here folks or here first folks uh azalea maybe shiana possibly uh i've built two shiana decks very different and they're both really fun to play i did watch your play play uh video with shiana versus Ian, right? He did a free 10k. Yeah. That was a that was yep. a fun video. I I, I uh, if I open a Shiana, I would definitely build her. <laughs> I got lucky. I think I talked about it in that video. I got lucky. I bought a Shiana for like 40 bucks like the oh, week what? before the week before the out of print announcement happened because basically what happened was like I just looked at the prices cuz I was like, okay, what cards do I not own? And there's I only own, not own like three or four cards in the entire game. And I was like, what cards do I not own? Shiana. How much is Shiana now? It was like 60 bucks and I'm like all right, I need to go get one. And then I looked on the the Facebook marketplace and one of the guys from Magnolia was selling one for like 40 something bucks. And I'm oh, like, perfect. I'll take it. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That, that was a good spec there. Um, yeah. The next question we have is from Az from go again gaming. I don't know if you're familiar with Az. He's a, he's a great content. Yeah. Player. We've had him on the, yeah, the pod. Um, he says, uh, we all know you love Azalea. Yeah. Heard. So what do we need to make Azalea great? What's the main thing that the original OG Rangers could solve her issues? Ooh, there, there's there's a lot, actually. <laughs> I, I talk a lot about how much I love Ranger and Azalea on my channel. Um, perhaps I don't talk about the weaknesses enough just because it's, I don't, I don't consider it like fun content, but yeah. <laughs> um, there there's some obvious pretty bad weaknesses. Uh, Ranger equipment blocks poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other classes like warrior or brute or there's a lot of classes that you just run their equipment and you just can block a lot. Um, a lot of ranger cards don't block very well. So basically ranger just doesn't block very well. Um, but not only that, the there's inherent weakness in the bow mechanic because if you don't have an arrow, you cannot attack. And we saw this at the Orlando Nationals in the top oh. 8. It was soul crushing where Isaac uh, Jessen was winning he was lit he was gonna win i even said it on stream i was like i'm not gonna say he's i'm not gonna say he's winning but and then he 
whiffs on a three of a kind, draws no arrow, and has Ugh. to pass the turn when his opponent was basically dead, like yeah. basically dead. And so that that's a huge weakness for Ranger. I don't know how they would fix it. I've seen a lot of people, you know, speculate or um, come up with uh, possible solutions, um, but it's maybe maybe they want it to be that weakness. I don't I don't know, but. Anything from like a sidearm or something like, or or a quiver that where you can like search for an arrow, maybe maybe like a chest piece that's like a quiver or something where you can go, you know, destroy it to go fetch an arrow, or like maybe there you have like a one-handed crossbow and then you have like an offhand dagger that's not very strong, but you can always like offhand with the dagger, something yeah. like that could something could to, go a to long like, way. You prevent non-turns, especially. Yeah, because um, like flesh and blood is really good about preventing non-turns just in general mm. like for, for almost every class but ranger is one of the very few ones <laughs> yeah. where you can just not Oop. have a turn nothing yeah uh shout out to isaac from the attack action podcast by the way he's friend of the pod he's a good dude uh that yeah, was, I was uh daggers, i was really man. rooting for him me and almost everyone else in coverage had him <laughs> almost winning like we all did our predictions and i had him winning oh. um and so it was absolutely soul crushing yeah so uh, that, that was brutal so yeah. I got a combined question here. I combined two of the two guys from the board, uh, Darth Prentice and Farsist. Um, what, what are your thoughts on if we will get the rest of the Ragamuffins equipment? <laughs> <laughs> because obviously it looks like he's in the Everfest art in the, in the <laughs> art card. And, uh, um, and then also what, what do you hope for in Everfest? So the, the, I can answer the hope for one uh, really quickly a lot. I've done a whole video on it and I'm, I'm going to uh, do like a top five predictions because I, I always do that mm -hmm. for Everfist. I hope my, my big hope is that heroes that are underpowered or underrepresented get a huge boost. And mm -hmm. I think by giving them really strong specializations is how you do it, because if you give like just a really good Ranger card, I mean, that makes Lexi better, too. Right. But if you give yeah. a really good Azalea specialization that specifically makes Azalea really good or, mm -hmm. or better. And so that's what I would like to see that for like Azalea or like data doll or just all these classes that like are very, very underrepresented. Yeah. That's what I want to see the most. And then also everyone will love to see new heroes. I want to see some new heroes, maybe a new cool class, like a bard or something. But um, realistically, well, I just want some really good stuff for yeah. heroes that are un underrepresented. Bard and then sense um, for uh, thematically. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then for the, um, the ragamuffin part <laughs> i haven't thought about that that makes a lot of sense and would be cool i hope they're better i hope they're better than the ragamuffins hat <laughs> though i will say i have i've made one good play with the ragamuffins hat at uh orlando when i was doing um it was like a sealed daily double and i ended up doing really well i ended up getting like three or four hundred price tickets from this um which which is a decent chunk um and i uh I don't remember the exact turn, but I had like one dead crap card in hand and I was able to ragamuffins into a card that was like actually playable and, um, you know, do something with a turn where I wasn't able to. That's literally the only time I've ever used the ragamuffins yeah, hat. You know, I, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, I guess a okay card in, in limited, but yeah, yeah. It would be cool <laughs> to see some good stuff out of the ragamuffin. Oh, I, I don't know I, if, if, if flavor wise, the, the ragamuffin should have good. <laughs> yeah. i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe like maybe one other thing like ragamuffins 
boots or treads or gloves or something. I don't oh, know. Something, something in the, like that. In the boots or something like that. That'd be yeah, yeah. R- ragamuffins gloves. And they're just like the, the gloves where all the fingers are like cut off <laughs> and they just look like really crap, really tattered and crappy. Uh, that would be yeah. amazing. And next we have a, a question from uh, uh, Brewtap Cast. Uh, he, he great streams. He likes craft beer, which I like. Well, uh, Tap asked, what's your favorite Flesh and Blood three-card combo? I don't know if he's referring to anything here, but, um, hmm. you know, um, he likes to bring the spice, I know. So, there's a couple ways you can think about it. I have been playing with uh, the Shiana Stubby Hammers combo. So, it's like Stubby Hammers and uh, Force of Nature. So, Stubby Hammers gives all of your attacks that have uh, base attack three or less plus one until end of turn. And then the Force of Nature says that any attack that has uh, had its attack buffed for the turn, when it hits, you get a draw card. So basically what you do is you crack your stubby hammers, play Force of Nature, and attack with a whole bunch of like zero-cost three attacks with Go Again, and you just draw cards every time they hit. And so the, the, the goal is to get rid of your opponent's hand and then keep playing cards and then, you know, you know, attack with it. You draw a card, you attack, draw a card, attack, draw a card. That's a sweet combo if you can do it. It only works with Shiana. Well, actually, no. You can do it with, you can do it with um, Briar, but it's better in Shiana because yeah. uh, you can play um, like Viscerai Specialization uh, to go search up the uh, the Force of Nature from the Arknight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's good. If we're, if I'm being realistic, um, I, I don't know if you want to call it a combo, but something like increase the uh, increase the tension, seek and destroy, um, like uh, Red in the Ledger. Something like that would be sick because that's, you know, a, a dominated red in the ledger. So it's like what eleven dominate can't play defense reactions. If it hits, you only get one action, and then your arsenal's destroyed and your hands discarded. Something like that's pretty sweet. Sounds like a which, good three card combo to me. Which you can do in Azalea and Blitz, and it's not that bad. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you know, bring Azalea to your next uh, armory. Yeah. Crack bobble, huh? Um, but yeah, Definitely yeah, awesome. One. So those are uh, some listener questions. Uh, we'll do a quick uh, crack a pack. I like to crack a pack every episode. Uh, Tales of Aria Unlimited. This is actually the first Unlimited. I have I have not opened any Tales Unlimited actually. Yeah, uh, uh, my LGS just got them. Tough to open. Is there any card other than Corsham that you would like to pull from, uh, um, from this pack? I would like a Spellbound Creepers. I. I I nice. had one, but I traded it to my my buddy who Viscerai. And Spellbound Creepers are a sweet card, man. Yeah, yeah. Spellbound on its face, that card you're like, oh, seems like it could be okay. And then you play against it, and you're like, oh wow, the Thunder Run on instance. You're just like, oh, um, it's oh, oh dude, it's so good. It's it's like it's like Snapdragon Scalers, except you can use it twice and also block with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, uh, it is uh, we're, so. I'm just gonna go through these cards. Uh, we'll pretend like we're we're drafting, um, mm-hmm. and we'll just say yay or nay on them. Uh, Entwine ice blue. Um, not not yeah. the best. Um, dominate not great. Uh, blue electrify. I do like this card quite a bit. Electrify is great. Like mm-hmm. in in both Lexi and uh, Briar. So electrify is great. Yeah, yeah. You, obviously, I think you want the red one, but the blue actually, you know, you know what? You can pitch it to stack your deck to get it later. Um, uh, pretty good. Uh, yellow autumn's touch. I I enjoy the autumn's touches. Um, yeah. all three. Um, this is 
Um, but I I actually prefer it in I play I I usually force Oldham. Okay, <laughs> I to, to no surprise of anyone if they've been listening this far, I I like to play Lexi a lot in in draft. <laughs> I'll I'll play whatever is like coming to me, mm-hmm. but I I end up playing a lot of Lexi. Understandably. Uh yeah. next we have uh yellow polar blast. Okay. About that card. Polar blast. Which which one is I mix uh, up I mix up I mix up Ice Quake and Polar Blast. Which one's Polar Blast? Polar Blast is the I guess in the cycle of Electrify where you play from Arsenal, okay. you draw a card. Yeah. It's the um, one that gives you like dominate unless they pay some amount. Mm-hmm. Yellow ones pay two, reds pay two. I like it. Um I like Ice Lexi more than Lightning Lexi in, mm-hmm. in um draft and i've had a lot of success with ice lexi in draft so it's not bad I, don't, I wouldn't first pick it unless there's like the pack is absolute trash but uh it's all right yeah i think i would probably be on electric yeah. um next we have amulet of earth oh the amulets um the amulets are pretty hit and miss earth mm-hmm. is not a bad one um good for oldham for sure yeah it's not bad i probably wouldn't first pick it but uh, it's not the worst, I guess. No, no, I don't think I'd, I'd pick it over right here. Uh, we have our first rare, Cold Wave, red. Uh, okay. I think you're going to be interested in this one, <laughs> which is a five yeah. attack, three defense with ice fusion, um, yep. cards, and one. Five one attack, five. Yeah, five attack arrow. Um, you always have access to your bow, so you can always give it dominate. So, um, yeah, pretty solid. Uh, next we have the red. Fl- uh, ah. Lightning Flash action cost zero. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Flash is really interesting in, in limited. Uh, it looks good. Like, I see it, and it looks really good. But unless you're playing... Um, Briar, like I, I have not found a good use for it, like in in Lexi, for example. It's really yeah. tough to pull off in, with Lexi because you can only activate your bow once, and so unless you already have an arrow like preloaded, it's really hard to shoot an arrow and then get another arrow to to shoot. You know, so the go again isn't that great in in Lexi. So it can be really good in Briar, but in Lexi, I don't know. Definitely good in Briar. Yeah, it it can be a little awkward. In, uh going uh our foil is chilling ice vein yellow one. Oh yeah okay I, I do like chilling ice vein i think it's one of the better arrows i don't like the 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 yellow i mean the yellow's fine yellow's fine mm-hmm. don't get me wrong but I'm, I'm i want the reds like if i'm building my lexi deck i want the the one cost five attack arrows i want a bunch of them and then i want to be able to fuse them and i want to be mostly ice that's basically where i'm going i do like chilling ice vein so I, I wouldn't pick it over the other one though no no uh, next we have emerging avalanche the yellow one uh i haven't been very impressed with emerging avalanche just because you don't want i personally i want more earth in my oldums um it's a fine card when you have thompson yeah i was gonna ask how how do you feel about a lot of the pump the pump auras for oldum i, I don't play a ton of oldum i only played maybe a couple um but yeah how do you feel about them so i so i don't i'll play an emerging avalanche if i need to um I tend to build my decks towards not being able to fuse ice as much. Uh, I I do like Strength of Sakura. Um, I, I I it blocks for three, which is yeah important. And uh, I mean, so does Emerging Avalanche, but it's easier uh, to get the uh, Seismic Surge token off of it. And obviously, I'm not going to play it if I don't have Thump though. 
You know, that yeah. that's that's the big thing. You want you want to play your strength of Sequoia or emerging have one turn and thump and that. That's where I'm at with it. Gotta gotta pump that thump. Yeah, <laughs> pump the thump. <laughs> uh we have another chilling ice vein yellow. We already went that. Okay, yeah. On foil. Uh we have a Red Bramble Spark. <laughs> this okay, I mean, Bramble Spark's pretty pick. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a yeah, pretty weak pack until that, right? I mean, there was, a, I mean, Electrify's really good. Mm-hmm. And then Bramble Spark. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the pack, there's that red arrow, the, the five attack arrow. But other, other than that, nothing really, you know, stands out to me. Yeah, Electrify's good for, for staying open. But, the, I mean, you're like, hey, I'm going to be prior. I would take the Bramble. I mean, yeah. there's few cards um, better. A uh, room blue. Yeah. Uh, we have a blue strength of Sequoia. I went went over that kind of. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Um, but then we have a yellow Frazzle. Ah, yeah, same same deal as the uh, the other arrows. It's a four attack arrow. The fusion effect is fine and limited. You know, get an extra little point of damage here and there, but. Uh, it's also lightning, and I don't like lightning as much mm-hmm. in in draft. So, I would much rather take um, either of the chilling ice veins, or you know, the five attack one. Yeah, yeah, the it's like cold wave. wave. Cold wave. Yeah, that was the one. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, next, we got the singeing steel blade yellow. I mean, uh, any singeing steel blade is pretty good. It's just mm-hmm. attack with guaranteed arcane damage. You know. Yep, yep. Yeah, do you think they should have put a little bit of arcane barrier in this set? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I, I, I was thinking about this. The set by itself, like in draft, plays pretty well. It, um, yeah, I agree. Sealed, sealed's a whole other story because it's just so easy to build, build Briar and sealed. Um, I built, I went like I earned 400 prize tickets with a pretty bad Briar pool, um, <laughs> and and then in the same pool I got two old majestics, and I was just like. I think I just can just do better with Briar with this pool. Um, yeah. But I was thinking about it for Arcane Barrier. Even if there was that common, maybe at like Majestic, may, maybe at Majestic, but yeah. at, at common, I think it shuts down the Briar way too much. I think yeah. the only reason Briar's like good and limited is the Arcane damage. Um, if you if Briar like if you took away the the Arcane damage from Briar, like. Yeah. I don't. She doesn't stand a chance against Oldham. Like she just gets blocked out like every single time. I agree. Maybe, maybe some spell void, but spell uh, void would have been cool too. Like I spell void at like common or um, arcane barrier. Maybe at like majestic. Something that's a little bit harder to get that you just don't get every single game. Um, the thing is, is like every single hero has a way to push damage through for the most part. Because mm-hmm. like uh, Lexi has dominate built into her bow. Um, Briar has the um, the the arcane damage and then oldham just has like really big attacks and he's got a couple of really big dominate attacks too like the the footsteps one mm-hmm. yeah. uh, speaking of dominate our, our last card is a blue thump which one of my oh, thump is one of my favorite cards to finish the game yeah oldham and in, in draft yeah like yeah thump and then the glacial footsteps are like the two common cards that oldham can get that can just like push a lot of damage through um so yeah, I, out of this pack, I mean, if I was if I was at like a really competitive event and I just wasn't playing for fun, uh, I'd probably take probably. Oh man, it's tricky. It depends on who I'm playing against too. Like in the pod, 
and what I know about them, to be honest. I love draft. Draft was my favorite format in Magic, and I'm Same. I'm actually pretty good. I'm like pretty good at draft. Um I like we to were say playing I am too. <laughs> we we were playing uh in the after party. We were doing some like drafts of the after party, and uh DM Armada was sitting like two spaces away from me, and I just like <laughs> looked at him for like two seconds, and I was like, <laughs> like I got the soul read earth old him and he's like i don't know and at the end i was like were you earth old him and he's like yeah like i, I told so like yeah i just a ton tons and tons of magic drafting over the years ever since i was like a kid so you, you get you, you pick up on things and like oh, yeah. you know where where things are getting picked up and stuff um i'd probably take either so the um the red arrow the red arrow is, is okay but it really solidifies you in Lexi and specifically mm-hmm. like Ice Lexi. Honestly, I think the the safest pick is just the Electrify yeah. because it's really good. Can go in multiple decks that are good and um, keeps you open. Yeah. It, also, the Bramble Spark if you want to do that. But the, the problem with Bramble Spark that I have is some people will force Briar because they're like, oh, Briar's the best. Force Briar. And if you have like five or six people in your pod forcing Briar, you're gonna have a very crappy briar deck right yep so and we saw this happen at one of the top eights i don't remember if it was in dallas but we we saw like a top eight where it was like two lexis one oldham and the rest were briar and all the briar decks were like super stretched thin yeah mediocre so um yeah i think i'd agree with you electrify i would maybe go bramble spark before the uh cold wave but um but i think I'll oh just yeah start that, with that that's electrify. my personal bias yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's me just wanting to play lexi like if we're talking objectively i mean bramble spark is just really really good it's got to mm-hmm. be like one of the top picks for for briar whereas the cold wave is not a top pick for for lexi so i i would take i'd honestly probably take the electrify though yeah if i was no. just staying open yeah agree but yeah, no. Uh, so that was the cracker pack there, and let, let's just get into the the main topic here. Uh, you know, close out the show here. Uh, as I said at the top, uh, you know, I think when you when you get into flesh and blood, it can be kind of daunting to choose a hero to to play. You know, there's so many of them; they all do different things, and and sometimes it can also be tough to decide which hero to do next because you know sometimes you get bored of of playing one. Yeah. So. Um, I, I kind of broke it down into, uh, you know, how, how you're going to make this decision or at least a, a guide in terms of a, a way you can make this. Decision. And first off, you have to take a look at, uh, look within yourself. Uh, I have here, uh, as the who once said, who are you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've broken it down into the following gaming personality types, the synergist, the aggressor, the controller, the builder. The competitor and the Kano player, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, first off, is the synergist. Uh, d- um, do you want to talk a little bit w- how you feel what the synergist uh, is um, all about? Um, how about here? Let me actually pull this up. Yeah, yeah. How about um, you start? You start, and let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, I'll start, I'll start off. And and the synergist, you know, you you kind of value strategy, uh, obviously. or you value synergy strategy a theme Uh, um a cohesiveness you like all your moving parts in your deck to work together the powerful generics aren't exactly uh, a must for you uh they're not exactly making the cut and uh you kind of like to you like to feel like you really created a cohesive deck 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's that's basically it. And um, even like there, there are certain heroes that really lend themselves to this. And a, a lot of heroes can be built like this, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of heroes can be built in multiple different ways. But certain heroes lend themselves to be built in certain ways better. So, for example, it would be like very weapon heavy heroes like Dorinthia or Bolton or even something like Kasai, where you're like, all right, I'm going to be all in on my, my sword or all in on axes or whatever yeah. or like a hero like azelia or lexi and that's just kind of the nature with ranger right where a lot of it centers around like their arrows and on hit effects sometimes it lends itself to going tall with really like you know powerful arrows with either dominate so you can push that on hit effects through and or something like uh dash which, which is very very um integral that you if you're playing boost dash, for example, yeah. you actually hit your boosts. And so you don't have a bunch <laughs> of generics in there that kind of whiff. So, uh, yeah, that, exactly. That's... Yeah. And, and yeah, especially with the Rangers, right. You know, you would think, Oh, maybe that's not exactly it, but you, you have to play arrows in the deck. As we said before, I mean, you have to be able to hit them, um, off your three of a kinds and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, either that, or you're just playing like a bunch of generics that, you know, attack for four and have go again, in which case, you could probably just be playing Briar, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. You could play. You could play any deck. You know, at that at that yeah. point. So you, you know, th- these are these are all some good decks to kind of really take a look at when you when you like if you feel like you know I want I want to feel like I'm sitting down I'm I'm being the Ranger I'm being uh, the Dorinthia with this Dawnblade or or I'm boosting all the time. You know, these it, it's a it's a it's a good place to start because you know um, you don't have to spend a crazy amount of money on the uh expensive generics sometimes obviously some some cards are going to be but it's not a bad I mean, place to start honestly all all the ones we talked about like the warriors dash boost uh the rangers other than the legendaries they're all pretty affordable decks to build mm-hmm. like i can't think of a ton of cards or majestics that are worth a, a ton in any of these decks right yeah. unless you're you know putting some cheeky command and conquerors in here and there it's not really like if you're playing dorinthia like all in weapon dorinthia like what's your most expensive card in the deck probably like a random like steel blade steel blade supremacy or something like that yeah, or like exactly which isn't even you, that much money yeah or, or if you put in like a you know random e-strike that you probably don't even need like so yeah these decks are, are fairly like affordable too so you don't really need a lot of the 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 yeah. fancy fancy majestics it is a great place to start too. I, I I've always found, and uh, uh, however, you know, a lot of people are, you're gonna know if you're you're the next uh, archetype here, the aggressor. Yeah, and you want to hit, you want to hit hard. Being defensive isn't exactly your mo, but there are two paths you can take. However, the first option is going wide. Want to hit with multiple attacks a turn. Uh, what are some good heroes for for going wide? Yeah, I mean, like, the premier one right now is his Briar, Cheerios <laughs> Briar, zero cost, whatever you want to call it, Briar, where you just have a whole bunch of attacks that cost zero, that have go again, and uh, that's about it. Like, that that's what you do. You play the cards that have zero cost, mostly four attack, and have go again. Um, you can do that with a lot of different heroes, but but Briar really excels at that. There's also, like, um, Katsu, uh, mm-hmm. like, Agro Katsu was the the one that was, like, very very strong prior to to briar and then also we have chain chain 
It's this whole whole other beat beast. Yeah, Ch- Chain's going to fit into a lot of categories. <laughs> yeah, Chain. Honestly, Chain is more complicated to play than the previous two decks. Like Lightning Briars, I don't want to, I don't want to say easy, but uh, it is easy, right? You just play yeah. your zero. You play your zero cost four attack cards. You don't block unless you're going to die or really need to prevent an on hit effect. But Chain, Chain's a little different because you have to manage your banner zone. You have to sequence things properly, whereas uh, Briar is a little little easier for that. Though, yeah. but Ch- Chain can get there. Chain, Chain also has like a build up time too, mm-hmm. where um, it's a little bit slower to start, and then you just kind of like go full full aggro when you start getting those really really high uh, shackle triggers. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, and, I think, and, I think and that's why Chain's going to actually going to fit in some some other yeah uh, categories here. But next is the controller. Uh, if you are the controller, you are. Annoying, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I'll be honest. Both from like like a competitive standpoint and a casual standpoint for me, and even a little bit on coverage, like if someone if someone's pulling up with like like uh I don't know what you want to call it, like a a turtle prism <laughs> ver- versus a turtle oldem, and I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna take a million years. This is gonna oh take a god. they're gonna fatigue out and uh it's just gonna take forever. Um, yeah, it's a it, totally valid strategy, but it really is. I mean, uh, outside of time constraints, but you know, yeah. if 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 you're a controller, you want to take control of the game. It would be defensive, tax the other player. You want to fatigue them. I think some great options are Oldham recently, uh, Bravo yeah. to an extent, Dash Control. You can do Katsu Control. It's pr- I, Prism as well. I forget, but um, it's I like Oldham. I don't necessarily like the other control strategies <laughs> honestly i don't want to diminish any control players out there because i i talked to them and you know really really good skilled control players especially um oh, i forgot his name but the the dude who won uh the calling in orlando with oldham like uh he was telling me uh, Michael how hamilton yeah 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 exactly i was talking to him a little bit after the event and um he was telling me how not only did he have to play fast but he had to kind of like get his opponent to play fast too otherwise you're going to go to time and so that's a whole other aspect to playing these kind of controlling decks in a competitive environment that you really have to really have to think about um the one that i like the most uh is a really janky one which would be like like uh otk style viscerai where all you do is block everything just block everything and build up a rune chance until you can try to win oh yeah i like i like that because at least for me it, it feels like i'm building something literally building this pile of rune chance as opposed to like <laughs> nickel and diming with like oldham hammers you know block everything oldham hammer block everything hit um, yeah it, it's funny like i i love playing oldham but like sometimes i'm just like oh, man, i don't want to hit with the hammer next turn sometimes i'll be like i'm gonna make this turn so that i can <laughs> yeah. my big big attacks but uh but yeah it's funny that you mentioned the otk viscera the next kind of um archetype you could be as a players the builder right you like building towards your plan sometimes you're building towards a one-turn kill or other times you're building toward your deck's full strength and potential uh you mentioned the otk viscerai um, yeah uh you're building up rune chance the whole time i mean that's yep. that's the whole deck some of some of these uh styles lend themselves better to certain formats so for example mm. i think the otk viscerai is like actually really good in blitz yeah um same with like the Bolton Saber combo thing is like so scary in Blitz. If they can pull off the Lumina Ascension Saber combo 
Mm-hmm. Like it can it can push so much damage. Whereas like in class constructed, it's still good, but like the amount of damage isn't as relevant because you don't have you know that twenty life total. Um, so you can kind of take a little bit as a defender. You can kind of take a little bit more. Whereas if it's uh you know in blitz, then you have to to block a lot. Yeah. Um, and some some of them are just great no matter what, like prism and chain. Like you know they're just good. Yeah, time, yeah. Basically. You're looking at like chain. Chain, obviously, we mentioned earlier. You're building up your soul shackles, you know, and then like you basically take a couple turns, and all of a sudden your deck's just unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, and then prism, you're just throwing out, you know, tokens that are blocking. I prism. I, I've been very vocal about it. Prism is my least favorite deck. I hate it. It's annoying. <laughs> I'm sorry, in, prison uh, players, but you know I'm sick of you. In the calling, uh, Orlando. Oddly enough, I I won a lot of games that I uh, I was a little afraid of. So I was playing Lightning Lexi. I probably mm-hmm. should have been playing Ice Lexi, but I wanted to play Lightning Lexi. Um, I, I won against a Control Prism. I, I won against uh, the Lightning Briar, and then what was the other one? that I won. Oh, I won against a uh, uh, Ice Lexi. I lost against Reinar, like uh, just a, a high roll Reinar. And then um, I lost against Chain. Um, I was super underprepared for Chain. I didn't think I'd see a lot of Chain. And turns out Chain's still really good. And it is still very good. Yeah. And then oh. I drew I drew against Oldham. So <laughs> there you go for that. Oh, I mean, I mean that, that's par for the Oldham. But actually, yeah. Did, you were mentioning Reiner, because I forgot to mention that you can, other than going wide and aggro, you can go tall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, I mean, I, the the big ones there are Reinar and Levia, my favorite. Um, Earthbriar and, and Bravo sometimes soon. Yeah, you can see some, like, big Bravo decks where they less control and more dominate Smash. Um, yeah, definitely the Brutes. The Brutes are both really scary classes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes like they don't work very well and you can kind of just, as, as you're attacking them, you can just kind of like get there and sometimes they just pop off and it's like crazy. Like that, yeah. that's my experience playing against brute and Ian, um, uh, one of my regulars on the channel, Ian Kenderdine, um, he's a huge brute player and yeah. in a lot of testing for Orlando, he played a lot of Levia oh, and I, uh, I, I did I did That's really I well. The calling as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I did really, really well against his Levia with my my lightning bri- or my lightning Lexi. I literally just don't block anything, and I just I hit him like back. Um, but Reinar sometimes can be like super gross. Oh man, like turn one, a uh, really, really nice player. I don't remember his name, but uh, uh, in in my my one loss from Reinar in in the calling was he had a turn one where he dealt me like thirteen damage and intimidated me like three three times. So I can literally only block with one card. So it was like barraging beatdown, barraging beatdown, something else. You no, know, it was barraging beatdown, barraging beatdown, and then attack. And it was like coming in for 13, and he also got another intimidate trigger. So it was like gross. It was just gross. Um, I, I mean, I love that style of play. I like hitting hard, and I like I like with, with big attacks. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it can, it's feast or famine. With yeah. Actually, for <laughs> yeah. sure. And uh, I, I will do a little quick aside. I was playing against Dash in the calling in Orlando with Levia, and I was way ahead, right? I was, I was mashing in. I was like, all right, I'm going to put him away this turn. Roll for scabskin leathers. Roll the one. Oh, oh no. I'll pop my gamut. Oh, no. One. 
take, <laughs> no, the take, double one. take 18 blood debt. I was still alive. I survived oh, a little no. bit longer, but I was like, oh, 18. no. And, and that's another thing that's great about this game. My opponent, who he was a super cool guy. He was just like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, this is yeah. crazy. I was like, this is why I brought this deck, because I'm just I hate myself, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, live, live by the scab skins, die by the scab. Skins. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, going tall. Uh, you know, I had to backtrack there because I forgot to talk about it. And and then the next uh, archetype is the competitor. You want to play the best deck. And that's not a yeah. bad thing. Uh, no matter play style, um, you know, it, we talked yeah. about it. Lightning Briar or even Ice Lexi or Oldham have been been some top choices. Or would you I say think, there, are there any other top tier decks that, you know, a competitor would want to look at? Yeah. So um, Chain, we've talked about Chain. Yeah, I think Chain. Chain, is still ve- Chain is still very, very good. Michael Fang played uh, a brilliant uh, Chain deck at mm-hmm. um, Nationals. There was, um, I think those are the ones. So if, if I was like all in competitive competitor, those mm-hmm. are the ones I would look at basically lightning briar, uh, ice, Lexi, Oldham and chain. Those are the four ones I would look at. And then I would tailor it to whatever you think the meta is going to be. So you can have the best matchup against the majority of the field. That That's how I would do it. So look at the best decks, look, look at the most winning decks and then think about what the meta is going to be. So you can plan accordingly. Um, so it, things are going to change a little bit too, right? So like lightning briar was super, super good in the, uh, in the meta going into Nats because, um, it's just didn't have a lot of control competition. We did see a little bit of ice Lexi here or there. We saw a little bit of Oldham here or there, and we saw those decks win against the lightning briar. But if those decks aren't super prevalent, the lightning briar can just like smash oh, and yeah. just like absolutely outrage outrace people but if there's a lot of like ice lexi or oldham there to like slow it down then it might not be the medical um so those are the decks i would look at and i would uh you know tailor tailor your decisions based on that yeah it seems to be a um like a like a rock paper scissors yeah competitive play which is kind of cool i think that 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 is a sign of a healthy format in a way I i think i think so too and i think this is uh, going to jump a little bit onto like Everfest, but I mean, we have Everfest coming up in like, mm. you know, month ish time period, and it's going to add a whole bunch of new cards and the meta is going to change like drastically. I, I, I think. Can't. Yeah, I think it's going to be sweet. Um, and and the final player, the the Kano player. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you're not I you're did, not in a certain box. here. <laughs> I did want to mention Kano because I, I believe kano didn't kano just win a nationals italy national like, championship pietro uh gerletti the uh the arcbound geek he is a youtube yeah that that's insane first of all huge congrats and second of all i can't imagine like your opponent's reaction every time you like clapped him with kano oh, <laughs> like God. they're like he went undefeated you, i think you have to be terrified if you are going into the top eight you sit that da- sit down. Da- <clears throat> pardon me. You sit down, and your opponent is like Kano, and you're like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you're in the top eight? <laughs> like you you have got to be absolutely terrified because Kano is scary. Like it's, it doesn't really get there a lot because it's a complicated class to play. Like Wizards is. really really complicated, but when it can get there, man, it is it is terrifying. And like someone who's like really good at piloting it, it's like 
for, for people who have played like competitive magic out there, it reminds me a lot of like Storm. Yeah. Right. So you you either you either pop off and you win or you do nothing. That's yeah. kind of what Kato is. It's like you do a whole bunch of stuff that adds up to nothing, or you just like do a whole bunch of stuff and you just win. Um, yeah. Very and, skill intensive. Very feast yeah. of famine. Um, a lot of wacky things. You like to take a lot of risk. I mean, Kano is your guy, right? Uh, yeah. And and I think Kano more so than any other class right now is an amazing medical because oh, almost man. no almost no one is running arcane barrier in their in their loadouts um it's something we were talking about in coverage because we we did feature a one kano game in in that yeah. and we we're like if this guy can like continue to win like no one is running arcane barrier like it's just <laughs> free damage um so yeah i, th- I think kano it's... is very very interesting but it's it's like not it's not it's free damage if you're good, right? Yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah. you can't just be like this week I'm going to play Kano and then you know net deck and then roll up with a Kano deck. It's going to be very difficult for you to do that. There, yeah, there is a learning curve. You got you you have to know what you need to hit deck and yeah. and stuff like that. You know, uh, I do want to give a little quick aside, and I mentioned it before. I would say that Levia also checks the risk box based on uh, bo- uh, both much... brutes both both brutes yeah for sure <laughs> based on how much blood that i've taken uh over the uh <laughs> the, yeah the I, I think i think olivia yeah olivia more than reinar because when, when reinar <laughs> whiffs you just pass your turn when levia <laughs> whiffs you pass oh, your turn okay. and, and you eat like 20 damage <laughs> yeah yeah so um, uh that that is all the uh the kind of uh type of players i would say that are out there you know you would know this from like different games or whether it's magic or board games, like these are all different styles, and, and this is nothing of this is set in stone. Uh, you know, it's a, kind of a guide uh, if you want to try anything out, or if you're just getting into it. Um, yeah. uh, very grateful for uh, the Red Zone Rogue here. Come on to the podcast. Uh, you've been great. Uh, can you please plug anything uh, you got going on right now? Obviously, have you this great YouTube channel? You know, yeah. That, um, it's very, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me on here. It's Absolutely. been, it's been a blast just chatting about flesh and blood and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's pretty simple for my stuff. It's just at red zone rogue everywhere. So at red zone rogue on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even though I don't really post to Facebook and Instagram, I have them. Um, <laughs> I, I've been posting a lot more on, more on Twitter recently just to yeah. increase the, the Twitter, my, my Twitter game. Um, I also have a website, just redzonerogue.com, where I have like uh, custom merch stuff. I don't sell singles or anything. It's just all like custom merch to to support the channel. Um, yeah, so just Red Zone Rogue everywhere. You got to get that brand recognition, right? You got to oh, yeah. got to stay consistent with it. So absolutely, yep, that, that's that's where I am uh, on my channel. I talk about mostly flesh and blood, but I like to talk about other stuff every now and then. Flesh and blood is my favorite game, but I like checking out like little indie games and that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't typically talk about the other big three like uh, magic pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, mostly like mm-hmm. indie games and you know thing, things that i think are cool or unique or something like that so yeah that that's my spiel cool well yeah definitely check out the red zone rogue i mean uh you know i, I imagine if you listen to me you know the red zone rogue but if you don't you should check out his content he's got great stuff but i do have a question for you um yeah. I, I like to always end every episode talking a little bit about food i love food what I is also love food what is like a, a dish you'd like to talk about in fresh buds that oh. you want to feature maybe something that you get local to you in Oregon, you know, I, whatever you want. 
Oh man, that's that's a hard question. <laughs> I love food too. Uh, small aside, um, I used to be um, more into like uh, sports. I played basketball in like high school, and I was like very fit. But in college, I was just like, I can do whatever I want. And then I did. And then I gained like 70 pounds and I have not lost the 70 pounds <laughs> since since college. Um, luckily, I've been able to ma- maintain course and not not gain anymore. But I do like some good food. There's a bunch, man. So like one of my favorite things to make for myself, I don't know if you've ever had it, is goulash. Oh, yeah. Goulash is super good, man. Like if you can just make make it yourself, that's great. There's a couple like really great local places here that do um, – there's like a there's a really good uh, Japanese place locally that does great um, uh, sushi, but they also do like uh, you know teriyaki and takoyaki, all all, all the great Japanese dishes. Um, there's if you want to talk pizza, man, I, we eat pizza like once a week. <laughs> my my partner and I, Robin, we like love pizza, uh, so we eat pizza like once a week. Um, the best pizza I've ever had, not in Portland, it's in California at a place oh. called Zachary's. Zachary's okay. is so good, man. Like every, that's the one thing I asked. So they have, they have a lot of different kinds. So mm-hmm. you can do like your, um, you can do, do like the, the oven pizza, but they also have like this really, really good, like legit deep dish. And it's like, it's like actually like a, a pie basically. Oh, it's like, <laughs> it's a like, cake. Le- <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like legit. Um, it's so good. That That's the only pizza I, I eat with like a fork because you have to, otherwise it'll just, that that's the best pizza I've ever had. The Zachary's deep dish is so good. And anytime I talk to anyone from like the Bay Area, I'm gonna be like, "Have you been to Zachary's?" And every time they they are like, "Yeah," we're like, "It's the best," right? And they're like, "Yeah, it's the best." Um, <laughs> well, you're talking to um, a guy from the 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 tri-state area. It's like you know we we pride ourselves in our pizza. You know, it's like, but I I I'm see, gonna believe you that the West Coast has the some good spots. I was talking to <laughs> this is another little little aside. I was talking to a dude on the flight to Orlando and he was, he was the guy sitting next to me and uh, he's been through all the country travels a lot. And he was saying that uh, the Zachary's is like the most authentic, like pizza that he's had on the, on the West coast, like to like the Chicago style and like the other deep dish styles. Like, so Zachary's is legit. That's awesome. Yeah. We don't, we don't do a lot of deep dish over here. So, um, you know, I, I guess my favorite style of pizza comes from an area in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, it's just the, it's just a, you know, whatever, like a, like a dangerous area actually. But you know, they got these, they call it tomato pie where it's like not a lot of cheese, but like a ton of tomato, really thin crust, a uh, place that called De, Loren- De Lorenzo's. If, uh, if there's a calling in Jersey, I'm, I'm taking you there, man. We're going to, we're going to have like 10, <laughs> like 10 pies. We're bringing everybody. Don't worry. Yeah, about that sounds it. good, man. But uh, yeah, so yeah, thank you again. Um, I guess I should plug my own stuff. Uh, I'm twitter.com slash fresh and buds or no, no, fresh buds pod. Remember my own thing. Uh, you can email the podcast at gmail uh, or fresh pod at gmail.com. And uh, we have a discord. It's in my link tree. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. We play games and, and, and all the, the like, and, and please check out the red zone rogue if you haven't already. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you again for having me, man. It was a a great time. Awesome. See you.